your life. What? That's what you sound. No, you sound like you've only ever spoken for those ty- types of radios. You'd be like, welcome back to Easy Jazz Listening. Ha 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 ha. You're so silly. No. No. Deadass. Okay. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. Welcome, welcome to episode 137 of Fear of the Free Child podcast. Now, last week we talked about finding joy amid the stressors of either being a BIPOC parent yourself or raising a BIPOC child or children, whether you're a parent or you're caregiving in another beautifully useful way. And I want to continue that conversation by going a little deeper into the dynamics of finding joy. And a part of finding joy is in your everyday mood, your everyday energy, your everyday communications and interactions, right? We're not talking only about the things we can go do for ourselves when we talk about finding joy and taking care of ourselves. Taking care of ourselves is also a moment by moment thing. So the people you're around, the conversations that you are part of, are part of how you find joy and how you take care of yourself. And so today I am joined by one of my joy bringers <laughs> and one of my challenge bringers, Marley Richards, my first bon, our first baby. <laughs> so before I do that, though, we're about to get into it. I'm actually pre-recording this intro because I know that we're going to need all the time that we allot to chat, Marley and me, and we're making it a quick chat too. Because we want to really just introduce, really, and whet the appetite for the full conversation that is happening inside Raising Free People Workshop 2019. So I first did this in 2017. And if you are listening and you are one of the, how many women were there? I want to say that there were maybe only like 15 of us. There weren't a lot of us, but we were representing like six different countries. And I don't mean being from six different countries. I meant like being in six different countries at the time. And that first one was just amazing. So I'm doing it again in 2019. And this time Marley is joining me and we're doing the format a little bit differently. Two live sessions each 70 minutes long, all recorded. So the replay will be available inside a platform that allows me to keep some of the details from the 2017 session in there without compromising anyone's privacy. So you won't be able to see all the comments from 2017 and you won't see like the details of our specific calls together, but you will see some of the essays that I wrote as a result of that, some of the checklists. I think there might be some checklists in there. Hmm. I'm not sure about that part, but a whole bunch of really useful shit that emerged from and even before the workshop. So that will be accessible so we can build upon the existing things, but also create a completely new environment among the folks who sign up this go round. The link to Raising Free People Workshop 2019, co-facilitated by Marley Richards and me, will be on the show notes page, which is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 137. So make sure you go check that out and register. I gotta take a moment to send some love to our latest patrons, our September patrons. 
because we cannot do it without you. Myself, Fatima, Juan, we thank you for <laughs> giving us the space to be able to do this and that I can pay Fatima and Juan and I'm not just like, oh my God, can you help me out? So this month, I'm giving a special shout out to Kristen, to Reka, to Melissa, to Claire, and to Adrian. Each of you are now officially members of our Patreon community over at patreon.com forward slash Akila. Thank you so much for being here. And if you listen to this episode or any previous episodes and you can donate, I suggest $25, but whatever is doable for you, offer that monthly as a means of me being able to continue to do this podcast and maybe even eventually paying myself for this podcast. That would be kind of dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so head on over to patreon.com forward slash Akila and put your money where your hype is. Now let's move on to the conversation about Raising Free People Workshop and some of the topics here in with Marley and me. This is very much an exciting time over at Fair of the Free Child because Marley and I are slowly but surely getting into a groove of working together, offering space for us to compost <laughs> and farm that's a new one <laughs> our experiences as two people who are determined to understand how to be in healthy relationship with each other right how to be in partnership what that means yeah being willing to educate each other on that as we grow together offering space for neither of us to be perfect or any crazy shit like that but to still be held accountable and present for even the things we don't intend to do. Both Marley and me, but particularly me as the person being more in a position of power. But that shifts over time as Marley gets older and I put more sense of accountability on her for understanding the nuances of me. Yeah. So I actually had the idea to use the framework of 1441, which was a keynote speech that we did at, what was that? HSC. HSC. Homeschooling Association of California. Homeschooling Conference. That, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a co-keynote speech there and we were like, oh, we'll call it 1441 because I was 14 and mom was 41 and that's cool. <laughs> and so we were just going to talk about pretty much the same thing that we're talking about here. And I think it was fun because what is it? Dramatic irony almost. Cause we were like, Oh, we're going to talk about how we are getting used to each other and how we have to learn to be around each other and be ourselves together. And then that like was the thing that derailed the project almost. <laughs> so that was great. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about real life experience in the middle of the shit. Like, okay, you want to practice this? Go. Right. You're just waiting for like the music, the freaking like a theme song, like bum, bum, bum. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I had the idea to use that as a framework because I thought it was a really good example of using or not using tools for being in partnership with mm -hmm. a parent, what that can look like when it's being used properly or when it's not and all the nuances of it. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea to use 1441 because <laughs> this is going to be a two-part episode because I asked Chris some questions about respect and some of the same things we'll be talking about in Raising Free People Workshop. And 
ask him to do it separately, like not with my voice in the mix or Marley or Sage. So the second part of this, which you'll hear next week, will be just Chris talking about some of the same things we're going to talk about now. He was in a very precarious position at times, it was he like and a, Sage. Yeah, it was kind of a forced mediator thing. <laughs> it's so unfortunate. Oh, God. It worked out, though. It did. It did. It worked out. It worked out pretty well. We did come through with that. Yeah. But they, <laughs> I know, like, our both of our faces, we're just making faces at remembering the different instances. So what we're going to use this next 12 to 15-ish minutes to do is just share some of the experiences that we had, obviously broad strokes for such a short time, about how we use language, both vocal language and body language, and I think also emotional intelligence and a lot of like unschooling type tools to navigate our moods and needs and stuff in the middle of it. So for example, when I approached Marley about Cole keynoting 1441, before we even gave it a title and all of that, I was like, Mar, HSC reached out. I want to do this conference and I'd love for us to be able to show the real real because so many parenting experts just do like some surface shit or some straight up pretend shit. Like we have the best relationship ever. Here's why y'all are messing up and you don't have it too. <laughs> Here are the five steps to whatever the fuck. I wanted to use the opportunity for us to talk about our real experiences and say that we're not perfect and no one is, first of all, and that we're not here professing that we don't have issues. And this is a great opportunity to talk about how we work through those issues and how we still not only love each other, but we actually still like each other as people and we enjoy being around each other to some extent. And we are ourselves together to a large extent, I would say, outside of the normal shit where you're like, that's my kid. I don't really want, I'm not ready for that. Mm -hmm. Or she might be like, that's my parents. Ew. Outside of that, I feel like we're ourselves together, yeah? And yeah. And the tools helped. Yeah, it's pretty much just, it is how it is, right? That's what we're trying to get to. It is how it is, but peacefully. We were not at that stage at that time. <laughs> right. So I don't even know. I know, what, I'm trying to think of an example, like, let's get into it. It feels thing. like it was the whole thing. Oh. It's like, okay, well, I think I think it started because... I was being inconsistent with my interest in it. So I'd be like, yeah, totally, let's do it. And then I wouldn't follow through on my parts of the project that actually constituted us doing it as a group because the agreement that we had was that I was going to do maybe 40% of the work or something like that. It was an equitable agreement yeah. because I didn't have that much experience at the time. Right. It could be 50-50, but it certainly could be equitable. Yeah, Exactly. But I still needed to pull through with what I had and I didn't do that. And that was really frustrating for you, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would vacillate between being Marley's mama and being like, baby girl, it's okay. You don't have a lot of experience and I don't want you to get despondent and da da da. With those big words. Well, how are those big words? Come on. I would vacillate between that space and the why the fuck did you say yes to shit if you ain't going to do the shit? I seen you do other stuff that you want to do and you commit to that shit when you rehearse every day for the answer, no matter rain, blah, 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 blah. Mm. You know, like I kept going in between being just someone on a project with another person and then also being her mom. And 
usually what won out was the person that was like, bitch, blah, blah. not <laughs> not in words. We don't actually talk to each other that way. Right. And that's true and real. But my brain works that way. My thoughts work that way for sure. For damn and, sure. Yes. And so my body language reflected that. And so there were times where Chris would step in and not because anything physical was happening, but because the tension in the house, because we're ourselves together when we're not, that shit cuts through the house like some yeah. sort of stink. Right. You were talking about that the other day with physical activity, saying that we need to all like we need to get back into doing more of that, because sometimes when we don't like the tension in the house is like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like you're not getting everything out of your being, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. you're not not extending yourself is the term I would use, but not doing everything for all parts of who you are, like you have your personality and that needs nourishing and your social life and blah, blah, blah. But if you're not doing all of them, there's just this little pocket. And I think that pocket can become toxic really fast. Yeah. So, so that on top of working together. Yeah. yeah. So to try to stay on track with the examples, this one, because Marley wasn't following through and because I'd had experience with her following through with other things. And then I had other experiences where Obviously, because she's in a, like, not even, I was going to say because she's younger, but I also know adults who need support with that. For whatever reason, her life experiences so far have limited her capacity to be really consistent with finishing something she started. It's also been because I think your mom's side wins out a lot more times than the business side does, because we Mm. work on things together a lot. That's true. Like even just things with like, okay, let's make sure that the house is in a mess, right? Mm-hmm. More times than not, if I don't do something, you'll do it. And then just come to me and be like, why didn't you do it? And I'd be like, because you do it. And that was a thing that I was like, I didn't know how to communicate that. Because in my mind, it's like, well, do I want her to stop doing the thing? No. But also, <laughs> this is why I'm not doing it because you're doing it for me. So that was actually a huge lack of communication, I think, because we were so constantly frustrated because there was tension in the house. Yeah. We just didn't communicate at all. So when we came together, it was really quiet. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it'd just be like, well, you said that I was in a da 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 Like, it, yeah. it popped off so fast. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing we learned in that space is that me, my mom's side, which in this case we're characterizing as the one that's going to offer a lot more grace and space, would win out to the detriment of what was beneficial because what she needed was to be held accountable lovingly, but to be held accountable. But because I would get frustrated, I'm like, I'm just going to do the shit myself. Or because I'd be like, damn, there've been other things where I felt like, where I realized that I could have done it myself. And I'm just like trying to make her do it because it's like, you're a kid, you're supposed to do this. And I didn't want to like figure the shit out. So I would do it, but then also resent having to do it. And that would show up in my body language and my communication. Yeah, there was a lot of baggage tied to either side of doing things. My experience with being forced to do things was also previously that of I didn't want to do it, but everyone figured that's what kids were supposed to do. So it was very recently that I had just gotten into being consistent in things that I found interesting. I was running a quote unquote radio show at the time, which is really just a podcast, but I was very proud. Why are you diminishing podcasts? No, I mean, it's, it wasn't like a radio show. That's why, because everybody pointed that out and I was like, y'all are annoying, shut up. But So I was running that and I was really passionate about it. And that was the constant example she used. And mm-hmm. I was super confused because I was like, well, I like doing that radio show. I don't like doing this. And I'm like, but I want the money though. But it seems interesting to actually 
give people this information. So huge lack of communication or not even lack of communication because we did talk for sure. It was a lack of honest communication. I think we were dealing with our emotions, our frustrations really separately when a lot of them could have just been had as a conversation with, I think at the time we did need a mediator, (laughs) but it shouldn't have been somebody who was brought in because it was getting to an unhealthy level, which is essentially what Sage and dad were doing at the time. Like if we could have just handled our shit or asked somebody to come in, it wouldn't have been as stressful because I remember it was really hard on everybody. It was like hard on me and Sage's relationship at the time as well because we talked to each other about everything. Yep. Same with me and Chris. It was rough on us because I was constantly trying to toe that line, I guess, between holding you responsible but not having you feel like you just couldn't do anything right. And because then this is something we work on, like, I don't know whether it's a phase or I'm not sure what it is, but a tendency to just be like, oh my God, I can't do this thing right. I don't ever finish anything. I'm like, that's not true. You just haven't finished this shit, but you finished other things. So let's look at the things that caused you to finish that. Let's look at the reality that it can't always be based on desire and interest because inside of things that you desire or are interested in are other things that need to get done. So, you know, and that's an unschooling thing that people worry about that all the time. Oh, if I only have my kids do what they want to do, how will they do other things? Just like this, by having the conversation and having the tools in place for saying, look what it's causing. Is this the result that you want? Oh, together we'll create a different result and we'll practice that shit until it becomes our norm. Yeah, I think it's both a schoolish thing and just like a teenager thing to be really hard on yourself because you're at a point where you want to just chill out, especially if you're in school, because most of the time you're not chilling out. But you also know that everyone's expectation, even if it's not your parents like me, I've never felt pressure from my parents personally to like grow up. They'd be like, you have three years till you need to move out the house, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Like that's never a thing. It's just you need to be in a good spot and we can help with that. Yeah. But everyone else expects that of you, certainly. So It's kind of like when I first turned 13, I was like, I still feel like I'm 12 and that might not seem like a huge difference for adults, but it's a really weird spot to be in because you're still like 10 years old in your own head, but you're like charging towards 16. So (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. And it's really easy to be difficult on yourself because you want to be at the standard that adults have for you but you don't necessarily think that standard makes sense for yourself or Mm. for where you're at. And I was also unable to communicate that at the time. You see, it's just a breakdown (laughs) of communication. It feels so weird talking about it now because it's like, why would you not just (laughs) say that? But then I remember how just utterly frustrated I was all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you even want to talk to that person when they're the one making you upset? But we still had a deadline because it was – what, 90 minutes slot or was it just 60 minutes? I don't even remember, but we needed to submit things. We needed and, it. Yeah. We had a script and we needed to get that shit finished. And I was like, okay, well, if mom does the whole thing, then what the fuck is the point of me being there? Mm-hmm. But if like, if I'm not there, that's not even what we pitched to them. So yeah. I can't just not be there. That I was the sure huge was thing. asking for that option. I'm like, do you just not want to do the shit then? Fine. And I'll just be like, I just 
giving the outs, giving the outs until we realize like, nah, this is something that we need to go through. I'm sure there's shit in my journal about this. <laughs> oh my God. But after a certain point, I feel like you and I hit a turning point where we said, you know what? This is figure outable. If we can just minimize what we do with the frustration that we each have, this could actually be something amazing. I feel like I know I hit that turning point after some dialogue with Chris and Sage and just having a lot more understanding of your frustrations Mm -hmm. and then a lot more boundaries for myself. Like I'm not going to do the shit this way. If she can't do this part, then I'm going to find another way for her to hold up her end of the bargain. So, yeah, yeah, it was a talk like we had for me anyway. That's what I felt. We had a lot of talks, but I remember you were still laying in bed wrapped up in covers. and You were like, well, I'm done with it. Like, I'm done with blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, OK, um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like a two, three, maybe it wasn't even that long. It had to be at least an hour. So it was a long ass talk. Yeah. Sage and dad were in the room. Where were we staying at the time? We were staying at grandma's. Grandma Valerie. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it was in y'all's room. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> See, it feels like 10 years ago, but it's, it's the exact that same. That was last year. I'm oh my saw... god, was it? I think so. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching us witness our nostalgia in real time. <laughs> yeah. So, But yeah, so the talk, sorry. So that changed it for you because... Mm-hmm. Because I think I was just able to see how tiring it was for you. Because of course I was like, all right, well, I'm sick and tired of hearing this. She tells me the same damn thing about this. She going to tell me with the dishes. Like, (laughs) God damn. Okay. I got it. But I think because you were still in bed and we weren't like sat down at a table with our teas or whatever the fuck, like it was just really easy for me to see how tired you were. It was like, I cannot keep doing this because it's more than frustrating. It's actually like pulling energy out of her more so than me like I wasn't really able to see past my frustration with it at the time I was like well this is unfathomable if she don't want me to do it like if she doesn't want me to be this way she could just stop doing it but then the (laughs) shit isn't gonna get done so I think I had like some maturing to do in that instance and that was what helped me do it being there for however long and actually seeing how much energy it was pulling from you to constantly have to follow up and constantly also have to be my mom and help if anything else was bothering me while also being like, this comes back to 1441 because you always ain't going to do it. Yes. So, I, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like that's plenty more because in there, as you heard, we both talked about personal accountability, right? Like yeah. for me, I know that I was putting my frustrations up front and shit felt legit. It felt like I should, but it also limited my capacity to translate to some extent, which is what you have to do in any relationship. That's not just a child and parent thing. Sometimes in a relationship, you get to know the person and you have to translate what they're showing you into what you think they might be saying. In other words, just like with the agile learning tools, which we'll talk about in Raising Free People Workshop, the underlying need or value behind the thing being expressed. And the more experience you have with the person, the more you can sort of guesstimate that or articulate what you think you might be seeing and help that person create a clearer picture for you 
so that you can meet them where they are or set a different type of boundary or whatever. And we were able to do a lot of, oh, that's what she means. Oh, that's what she might mean. Oh, that's how that must feel. And we both were recognizing that enough to be like, okay, I'm going to stop trying to be the control freak and be like, if we're going to do it right, here's what right looks like because I know and you don't. And then you were like, can I just do what the fuck I say I'm going to do consistently because that's all I ever freaking wanted. Right. And then once we both were able to do that, it's like a lot of the other pieces just fell into place. Yeah. And then also at the time I had this idea of, well, everybody should just be super upfront with what they mean. And in theory, it sounds nice. But because I wasn't able to really listen to what other people were saying, I was like, well, I said what I said. And then they'd be like, okay, well, here's what I said. And I'd be like, right, but I said what I said. (laughs) And that it's not communication. So communication was the main thing in my opinion, in my humble opinion. (laughs) I would agree. Right, right. Communication, but then being yourselves together, I think, has the connotation of, well, everybody just go buck wild, as most people think or a lot of like people seem to think unschooling is it's just like you do whatever it's like no come to our house nah I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry but it's a lot harder to just do that I think to just do everything and everybody out for themselves than actually work together because that's effectively what we were doing Mm -hmm. we were like well I'm gonna say what I said and I'll be like well I said what I said and Mm -hmm. I was like okay so what are we doing then right nothing and so when we switched it from that to actual communication, then it said, what's stopping me from listening? Right. Right. It's like you're asking yourself different questions. What's stopping me from listening? What might she be saying that I just don't get? And then being willing to admit that you just don't get it. Yep. Apologizing. I know I did a lot of that, as did you. Yeah. Yeah. This dialogue, you know what I mean? We were debating low key, but you got to have the dialogue. (laughs) Shout out to Dr. Sunjata. Every day. I use it every day. Yes. Oh, this is such (laughs) a great time. Yes. Dialogue versus debate. Dr. Sunjata, brilliant, brilliant work that we benefit from, like to this day. Definitely. Yeah. So, this has been a little sneak peek of. Raising Free People Workshop 2019. (laughs) So we'd love for you to come join us. It's October 8th and the 15th are the two live 70-minute sessions. The show notes page for this episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash 137. And on that page will be a direct link to join us here. We have different payment tiers, the basic one for one person and then others for folks who can contribute more and who absolutely should if you can so that we can create more access while still making it equitable for Marley and me to spend this level of time, energy and effort to offer the sort of things that we're learning. Yeah, I know it sounds super like addy, but I'm really (laughs) looking forward to speaking with everybody and answering questions and having dialogue because I normally don't get a lot of adult perspectives on these things. They kind of just let me talk. But the more perspectives I can get, the more I can understand where you all are coming from. So I am looking forward to that. Yes. And I'm very grateful, Marley. I want to say here too publicly (laughs) that I really appreciate certainly who you are. Oh my God. But also, (laughs) you should see the faces. Her and her sister, they make the funniest faces. But also, I really appreciate what you're doing. The fact that 
you're not necessarily someone who identifies as like an advocate or organizer of unschooling or self-directed education, but you still open yourself up to these sort of opportunities to share with us, to represent one of many voices of teen people in the space, of young BIPOC folks in the space. It means a lot because it helps me to do the work that I think is really important in the world and in my home and in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I gotta play the piano music. No, I get you. I'm so sorry. I do appreciate it. I do. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Peace. Uh. <laughs>